great day, everybody. Welcome once again. This is Glenn Daniels, COO of Touchstone Publishers. Now, we're sitting down today with John Clements, or Jonathan Clements, and we want to talk to him about some of his work he's doing on his podcast. I know we're going to find some great value here in this information. So, John, welcome. By the way, I actually want to speak for you. What do you prefer, John or Jonathan? Um, either. John. Let's say John. It's easier. It's quicker. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know we don't live very far from each other, stayed over from each other, I guess, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a retired Air Force, uh, married, five kids. I've been an entrepreneur at heart my whole life. Um, and so during that time in the military, I've taken that opportunity to try different things, um, different business strategies, different businesses themselves. And uh, been pretty lucky. I've got to travel around the world and um, having being a, uh, the time to be able to practice all those different things allows me now to be a lot more effective in what I do pursue. So uh, I love helping people. I love um, coaching. You know, everybody says, what's your superpower? Well, my superpower is when I start teaching someone all the information that I have that's been stored up in there just kind of lines up and comes out how it's supposed to. Sometimes I even have to write down and quote my own self because it's something that pops up new and uh, original. So, yeah, and I've been, uh, you know, in different arenas, different spaces over the last 20 years. So it's given me different perspectives from real estate to the food industry to, uh, to sales and marketing. So I've got to, to touch uh, a lot of different areas uh, which helps me when I talk to you know people about what they're trying to do. So um, just just a, a been having a, a really good experience in life so far, and uh, just want to share that with other people as much as possible. Well, you know, a lot of the reason why I asked you to do this podcast with me is because entrepreneurship and leadership hold a lot of the same skills. A lot of the same techniques taking place. And you have a um, few websites. I'd like to ask you just to talk about one at a time. And mm-hmm. let's, just, let's deconstruct that. Let's see how we can really take those skills that you demonstrate, that you talk about on your web, um, on your YouTube, mm-hmm. to make those solid leadership skills and techniques. That's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. And that's what our listeners are all about. So let's start off with your third favorite. We'll go from three to one, if you don't mind. Your okay. third most popular, not necessarily your favorite, but your third most popular um, YouTube video that you do. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. And that one for me would be the Are You Waiting on a Genie video. Um, it basically uh, is a problem-solving uh, video. And it's it talks generally to the heart of how people are making their decisions uh, in their life right now. Uh, some people or just waiting on other things to happen and not actually even implementing a plan. And the the purpose of that video is to kind of show them almost how ridiculous it is to just wait on things to happen and not to actually take action yourself. Um, In the video, it talks about uh, I'm sitting down and saying, I would like to have this. I would like to have this thing happen. I would want this. I'm trying to get these things. And I'm almost just almost in prayer, hoping for these things to happen for the the genie to, to make those things happen. And then the genie appears and the genie is looks just like me. 
And the purpose of that is, once again, really visually saying to people that the person that's going to change your life is you. The person that's going to make these decisions and get you moving in the way that you want to go is you. And the genie basically says, yeah, I hear you saying all this stuff. You're asking for all these things, but you do it. You do it. I, I'm not here to do that for you. You are the one who's going to do it. And at the end of the, the video, um, I basically take all that stuff that I was saying, I want, I want this, I want this, and I internalize it. And I realize that I'm the genie. I'm the one who's going to magically make this happen. And so if I want things to go, I'm the person who's going to solve the problems. I'm the person that's going to move myself in a direction that I want to go. So that's the, the purpose of that. Are you waiting on a genie? Uh, basically saying it, it's up to you and to get things accomplished. That's you have to put the plan together. You have to decide what you want and you're going to be the one that leads to your success or your failure. Well, before we deconstruct that, I got to share with you. That's one of my favorite ones you did because it, took me back to the story of Aladdin, you know, Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. Um, and the whole story really is, does really point back to simply saying, it's you. I'm, you're the genie inside of yourself. You're in your own body. You need to let yourself go and do the type of work you need to do. Mm -hmm. So the lesson for me was, personally, as I deconstructed that a little bit, was stop waiting on other people to do things. Things can't be perfect. Just do them. So there's no perfect time to do it. There's time for you to do it. Right. So I'm the genie. I'm the one in the bottle. And I'm the one who can grant the wishes. When we deconstruct that a little bit, though, it becomes a challenge for a lot of people to say, okay, I have the gifts already. Yeah. Okay. How do you push through that? Well, uh, and that's uh, more going into the mindset. Um how I try to help people with their mindset is not just focusing on the mindset itself. Um, I focus on what I know that builds a strong mindset, which is, for me, accomplishing things. So how do I tr get a person to believe in themselves? I help them to see how to get little wins every day. If you can get little wins every, every day, you build confidence in yourself. One of the things I've noticed that people, when they stop doing something, is because they feel that it's a failure or they're not seeing enough wins and enough successes. So um, just taught a really, really crucial class probably two weeks ago on planning and goal setting. And one of the things that people always will come to me, how John, how do you keep having this happen? How is this happening? How is this happening? It's because I have a plan. If you plan out everything, then now each day I, I go from a 10-year plan to five-year plan to two-year to one-year to quarterly to monthly to weekly to daily. So on Sunday, I plan my whole week so I know the things that I have to do and all the things that the steps to take to get to bigger goals. So what I do is I give myself daily wins. So every time I accomplish a few of those things, I hit those marks, that's a win. So even though I might not see the benefit or the results of those daily wins until a month or two from now, I can continue to press forward in it. And that allows me to build 
that confidence. So when a person wants to, let's say uh, in my area, they're wanting to learn how to be a better salesman. So what I do is I break the sales process down into pieces and then tell them, okay, during this week, I want you to do at least 20 practices with this piece of the sales presentation. At, by the end of the week, you should be able to do 10 of those perfectly. When I say perfect, that means it's not that you sold or you did anything. It's that you accomplished the things in the script that were necessary and in the right tonality and in the right way. So now doing those 20 repetitions minimum allows you to get to that goal at the end of being able to do those 10 perfectly. That's your little wins mm. through the week. And then at the end, now you've accomplished a bigger goal because now when you come back to me the next week, we're going to give you a new piece to do the same thing over. So you're slowly but surely moving along the path to get what you want by breaking those things down into little wins that allow you to have confidence and build confidence in yourself. And you can do that with anything, any process, any goal you're trying to achieve. If you break it into those daily goals, another one is that people say, well, I want to get at least two new clients a month. Okay, so if it takes you two, two new clients a month, in order to get two of them, let's say you need to be on the phone with 10. So in order to get 10 phone calls, I always multiply it by 10. You need to get 100 people that reply back to you positively that they want to continue and reach out to you on a call. So in order to get those 100 people that reply, you need to have 1,000 messages sent out. So if you break that on a monthly basis to a daily how many messages do you got to send out a day? It's about 34 messages. So if you send out 34 new connections or touches to people every day, that's a win. That's a doable win. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is how I try to keep people to get that confidence in themselves that they can do it by showing them daily wins that lead up to longer term wins in their goals. Let me, and I didn't forewarn you that I was thinking about doing this, but you said it. So let's go ahead and put this into the leadership realm. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we talk about a lot in leadership is if you're going to be a great leader, you have to start having one-on-one -on -one meetings. Mm -hmm. If you want to reduce turnover, you got to start having one-on-one -on -one meetings. Mm -hmm. So coach me on this if I'm getting it wrong. But let's say, for example, I have um, seven people that report to me directly. Mm -hmm. I need to meet with those people one-on-one -on -one once a week. Mm -hmm. So a win for me would be to have two meetings a day. Mm -hmm. That would be a win. Okay, yeah. I'm not so concerned with the the top number of reducing turnover, but I'm concerned with winning having two meetings a day. Yes. And then maybe the next part of that would say, okay, I have two meetings a day, but each time I have these meetings, I have a better understanding of that person's personality type. Right. Okay. Not that we're connected and we're in rapport, but I understand more of what type of personality they're running off of. Right. Okay, where they are. So that would be the next one. Don't it's not the big goal of two cells a month or reducing turnover by ten percent. It's the goal of okay, I'm having my two meetings a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fifteen to thirty minutes. Okay. Right. Um and, and all those things lead to other larger goals. Right. And the That's thing of it is if the person if you focus on the larger goal, if you just say, Hey, I want to reduce turnover. If you only focus on that, you miss all the other pieces within that timeline. 
And that's why a lot of people miss those goals. Because, and if you backtrack it and look, oh, well, I didn't do this with this person, or I didn't have enough time with this person, or I didn't actually learn those things with the person. So if you actually go all the way back and put those into what you're trying to do, make those the actual goals on a daily basis, you'll hit the big goal because you focus on the small pieces, the steps to get to it. Most people focus on the big goal. Oh, we want to get, we want to triple our or double our revenue this year. That's awesome. But what are you doing today to get to that? What steps are you taking today that will move you towards that? Okay. Okay. And back to the Latin uh, analogy and video is what we're saying is that we have it already built inside of us to achieve those small pieces of the goal. Yes. And if you achieve, once you achieve those, that builds confidence. That's referred to as experiential confidence. You experience it, it becomes confidence. Right. Okay. Now, you build along that path until you reach that big, hairy, audacious goal you have at the very top. But you build along that confidence, and pretty soon you can look back six months from now and say, oh, yeah, that was easy. Mm-hmm. So, so that's to me, that when you said that one was number three for you, it's like, okay, that's one of my favorite ones. I got to be honest with you. I think Mark Victor Hansen wrote a book just called Aladdin. The Aladdin Factor is what it was called. And that's where he really spelled out the fact that Aladdin and everything we have a mythically doing, that's us. Right. Right, Jeannie. Let's talk about another one that you have and let's deconstruct that so our leaders and entrepreneurs can all grab a hold of it. Sure. Uh, the next one that I, next one I really love is the for education levels. So Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and, and as you as I go higher, you'll see why I like these better. Um and it's not that I like them better or worse. I just each of them have their own purpose and uh like I said you gave me what's the top 3? These are the top 3. So the four education levels for me that deals with how you take on information yourself. How are you uh, absorbing information and the methods of taking on information because in any situation throughout your life, you're going to be learning and how you learn and who you learn from really determines how quickly you can move and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Because if you take information from wrong people, it really hinders you and wastes time, which is our most important asset is the time. So knowing those different levels of of education and information that you can get uh for me it helps me to to really train my ear to listen and absorb stuff from people who I should and those that don't so in that video I talk about the the first level of uh education and and learning is is the ignorance so people who don't have any information about a subject those people uh, you you can learn from everyone, as I said, but you follow the wisdom. So ignorance is the absence of that information, the absence of that knowledge. So they mm-hmm. have nothing they can really give you. So in that, if you're conversating with people, let's say you have four or five people sitting at a table talking about stocks. If that person has zero information about it, their job at that table is to pose questions to get glean information from other people. They shouldn't be leading the conversation. They shouldn't be really offering any advice because they have no real information about it. Okay, so that's the first. Second one, I say, is an informed person. Well, maybe that person has saw something on television, read a book, 
um, saw an article and they could possibly talk a little bit intelligently about what they have, that little piece that they know. But once again, their job in that scenario is to just pose relevant questions to draw information from those who have that information. So for those folks, once again, what they're talking about, that article or something they saw would be of interest to someone so they can contribute. But once again, they can't bring really in-depth information about what the subject is. And then they have what I call smart people. Okay, smart people are folks who've maybe gone to college, have a degree in it, um, took some type of training on it, specialty training. They're really, really smart on it. They've done it. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they've been trained on it, but maybe they haven't really applied it a lot. So they've, they've gone and got all this technical information about it, but the application of it, they haven't done. So I, one of the examples I try to say is in plumbing, you can go to, uh, to school, learn all these different things, but until you actually have to put that toilet on that wax seal, you are missing a lot of information that's there. And so in this conversation, once again, the smart person can give you a lot of information, can tell you a lot of stuff that you can do right and wrong. And they're a really awesome source of information because that's what mm -hmm. they have, a lot yes, of information. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But once again, if you don't know the little intricacies, you can still mess things up or not give the piece of information that the person is really needing. And that brings us to wisdom, which for me is the knowledge of the application of the information. So not only do you know it, you actually have applied it. And there's little details of any scenario, any information, any subject that you only can learn by doing it. And wisdom can come in all ages uh, and and ignorance can come in all ages because there's a lot of things that I'm completely ignorant about, but there's some things that my 10-year-old nephew is very wise about that I have no clue about. So the wisdom can come from anyone who is applying and doing the things that you're trying to do. And that's where you get those um, I, uh, example I used to say in dating, when your grandmother can look at a person and say, that person isn't worth nothing. And you'd say, well, grandmother, how do you know that? Well, your grandmother's seen thousands of these in their life. Just the person, the person walks. Sometime my, my grandma would tell them, that person is, is a bad. The way a person talks, you know, just listening to people sometimes, if you're really wise about the tonalities of people, how they use different tonalities in their how their personalities affect the way they answer questions, that wisdom will help you to move in the right direction in a conversation. So there's a lot of ways that people are wise and a lot of ways people have a lot of information. So once again, you listen and follow wisdom. And then there's another <clears throat> aspect of information and education is what I call stupidity. Mm. So stupidity is when you know what to do and do not. The Bible even says to know what is right and to do it not is sin. Um, so when you know what to do, and I'm stupid about a lot of things, you know, people will say, well, you know, John, why are you calling yourself stupid? Well, I'm stupid when it comes to weight loss. I know everything to do. Move more, eat less. 
pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. Stupid on a lot of things where we just choose not to apply the information that we know. So when you're dealing with getting information from people, getting advice, that's one of the areas that I look at. I try to not say box people into areas, but when I'm wanting to find out about something, I want to find those wise people, those people who are actually applying and doing the things that I'm trying to learn. And that's what helps me. And when I'm trying to progress myself in a certain area, I don't want to deal with folks who are, um, trying to learn just like me because we'll all be crawling at the same time. I want to find those people who are actually applying it and doing it. And that's where those mentors come into play. When you're trying to learn a new mm-hmm. thing, mentorship is super important. Just got off the phone talking to one of my mentees. That, that mentorship goes beyond just the information. The mentorship actually goes to application and implementation in life in general. Most mentors can give you, can use any scenario almost to teach you something and to teach you something about what you're trying to learn is because they have applied it so much that they are comfortable showing you those that giving you that information in multiple different situations to help you personally understand it and become a better person or learn that information quicker. So that's for I tell you well, that one, uh, as soon as you mentioned it again, I said, well, that probably is up there <laughs> because our education, how we learn things, how we choose not to learn things. And then when you add on that last layer that you added on of being stupid, we know what to do and we don't do it. That's stupidity. Okay. Um, those are all great steps in here. And I do, I want to just throw out one thing cautionary to a lot of folks. Our phones have all the information, period. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, have all the information. And you can pull out and Google almost anything and have the knowledge that does not make you wise to use it. it does not, and I'm also going to ask you, just what do you think about this adding the concept? Because once again, once I heard that, I started synthesizing what you said, creating some synergy in what you said there in that video and what I try to teach and what we try to bring to the table. How does it fit when you start taking knowledge and rework it? rediscover it and re-put it together because as leaders yes you know what to do mm-hmm. why aren't you doing it why are you being stupid about it and well yeah. i'm wondering is that mm-hmm. would you agree that sometimes that just requires that you have you have to bring some other pieces into it that you know that you've learned that you read well i think it's it's not so much a point of adding more information to the information that you're not using already ah. it's actually trying to Really, the, one of the things that I see jumpstarts people like that is to actually get them t- touching, touching someone who's actually applying the information. See, if you compare mm-hmm. a person who's who's not a, a worker, who's not really producing a lot, let them get a glimpse and work with somebody who's taking that same thing that's that's killing it. And then they'll be like, man, how are you doing this? You're, you got the same information I got, this, this. And then they'll start giving that person, they'll start seeing the actual movement that's required with information, not just piling more information on. There's things you have to do to make that information effective. So this comes into a principle, what I call is touching hands. As a martial arts instructor, you can go, people re- read books and try to figure out how to do martial arts. 
But until you actually touch hands with an instructor or a master, all that stuff doesn't make a difference to you. You can be book smart on a lot of things, but it's how to actually implement it. And when you touch hands, you actually see the power that that person is getting from the information. It's not just the information. What is that causing that person to do? So the information should cause you to do something. So it should be information, application, uh, evaluation, and then repeat. Because during the evaluation, you'll figure out, okay, well, maybe if I did this a little bit better, these things would happen. And now you go back and do it again. Maybe now you need to pick up another piece of information to because of the evaluation, you saw, oh, I'm missing this information. I'm missing this piece. Oh, I didn't okay. know how to do that. And now you can go back again. Get once again, it's the it's the implementation of it that makes the biggest difference. Okay, so the evaluation part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, just cross my mind and coach me if I'm wrong here, but the evaluation part of it, that comes from mentorship, doesn't it? If yeah. I don't have a good mentor, okay, yeah. it comes from that. Um, I just posted uh, an article from the gentleman, and I don't want to butcher his name, so I'm not going to even try it, but it's on our LinkedIn page and on our website too, who retired after running a $20.7 billion investment firm in India. And his advice to all people was to get themselves a mentor. Yes. Okay. Now, here come here I come getting on my soapbox. Okay. Oftentimes, CEOs of companies, COOs of companies, people who have some little bit of wisdom and some knowledge, they don't think they need to be coached. They don't think they need a mentor. And the if the evaluation part, and correct me if you think it's different, if the evaluation part is so critical. Shouldn't you have a mentor to help you evaluate? Everyone has to have a mentor there because there's always a next level. And when a, if a person who says that actually looks back into their career, they had mentors. So why stop now? Especially if you're trying to continue to grow. You always have to reach up in order to go up. You can't go up by reaching down or just keeping your hands down at your wayside, you have to reach up to go up. So that means you have to grab hold of somebody else who's up there. And that's one of the fallacies of people who are in charge. They think because they're in charge, they're at the pinnacle. But that's not necessarily true because there is always someone else that you can learn more from who can see things that maybe you're not seeing because they've already gotten to an elevated position Um, and status that they've reached beyond what you have. So a true, I can say true, that's not a good word, a good CEO, director, anyone that's in a supervisory or position that's over someone else and that's uh, in leadership position should always be trying to find a person that has more information, more success, more information, because you always can continue to grow and always can continue to get better. And the, the, the trip of it is this, the more, you, the better you get, the better the people that work for you will get because you'll have new information to give them because all that stuff flows down. And uh, that's what a lot of times you have to get those people to understand that the better you get, if as long as you're trying to achieve more, 
that makes me want to achieve more also if I'm looking at you. If I look to you and you've just stopped, oh, I know everything, then the best I can do is get to where you are, which I'm not going to be able to do because you're still there. So when we look at uh, wisdom and hitting Mm -hmm. that top rung, if you're not going, and this goes into your attitude about life, but if you're not realizing that you have to go that extra mile and learn more because you may have all the wisdom you need right now, but if you don't, you're going to slip all the way back down to that ignorant phrase because things change. My mentor the other couple months ago got into me and just told me, you know, here's the truth of matters. I don't care what you've learned up to now. Things have changed mm-hmm. and things will continue to change. We're going to have learned more in the next five years about people, about machinery, about AI. We're going to learn more about all that than what we've learned in the past 200 years over the next five years. So if you think you got your degree way back when, you think you know more. I had a lady write me an email uh, not so long ago saying, uh, I have 60 years of experience being a leader. I can teach you. Well, that immediately told me, well, you had 60 years and you're probably still teaching the same thing 60 years ago. So you really can't get there, okay? Because if you're not willing to learn more, um, and that's what you're saying. You're saying, okay, I'm going to hit the wisdom. Mm -hmm. But if you don't learn more, if you don't continue to get better, if you don't continue to reach for the next level, you're going to be stuck in that in the 1950 information on how to lead. Okay. Now, the reason why I partially know that she could not help me any because a couple of people who she works with, she still runs her company as if she's in the military. And that mm-hmm. does not work as if she was in the George Patton days Okay, right. of the military. It does not work. If she's going to run her company like the military, she should run her company like the um, General McChrystal's and those folks that are there today because they run it differently. Mm-hmm. The two things didn't work, but she still runs her company that way. So I know she couldn't teach anything because she has actually slipped from a great spot back to being lower. That's how I kind of took that to say, mm-hmm. okay, if you don't get this wisdom and you don't keep on learning, you're going to slip back. Right. And your, your management and leadership strategies are ever evolving because you're dealing with people who evolve all the time. I mean, if, especially uh, your, your company is not going to keep hiring people that are the same age as you. They're going to hire people that are younger and people that are continuing to grow. So you have to adapt your leadership and your even your training. Everything adapts as the time moves. So if you're not on that, what they say, cutting edge of all of these processes, you're going to fall behind. And especially now in education and training. I mean, I remember all 100 percent one on one training, internship type uh, training where here, push this button. This is what I do here. Here's this. Now you get probably two a week or maybe three or four days of video training first. Then it moves from video training to now more hands-on touching, helping you to do it and to, to continue that process. So you have to be on the cutting edge of all pieces of your business. And once again, you're still striving and, and reaching for new areas of information at all times because information continues to flow and continues to compile every each and every day so uh that's one of the things that a leader or any person in a leadership role should should stay on that pulse of information 
at all times because that one piece of information that you missed could could have made your company millions of dollars or now it puts your company in the hole because you're not there where everybody else have made the switch. Let's deconstruct that just a little bit more because I want you to coach me and all the other leaders on the, on the line here listening. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. How best would you say, Glenn, go get the wisdom to do this? I mean, maybe it's a plumber, maybe it's a leader, maybe it's a, um, a student. How do you suggest I go get more wisdom? Well, I'll just say it like this. Well, whatever you're trying to do, first thing is educate yourself as much as possible on your own, which means when in today's age, you can Google, watch YouTube videos, you can um, read books. There's a lot of information that you can get your hands on itself. Start there. That's the first part. Remember, it's gathering the information. Information is the first part. Getting as much information as possible. From there, you could do one of two things, and the the second one will will tie into the first one. The first one, you can go out and now find some type of uh, position or situation or uh, project that would allow you to implement that information. They will allow you to test it and see how it works, and if these theories and steps that you've learned in these books and YouTube videos and um, conferences all work. Find something that you can do to actually implement it. And from there, the next, the better thing that you would be able to do is find somebody who's really, really good at it. Find somebody who's really awesome at it and get them to train you or get them to give you the advice and the wisdom that they have. And most times those people are going to tell you the same thing I just said, the first one, go find somewhere to practice it then come back to me. See, because the, the hardest thing for a, a person who has the wisdom, a, a mentor, to do is to work with people who are not moving. See, uh, a saying I like to say is, is God can't steer a parked car. So if you come to me with only questions, you're wasting my time as a mentor. Mm-hmm. Only questions. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? All that information is out there. You can find the information. Now, start w- doing it. Now, when you come to me and say, hey, I did this, I tried this, and these are the things that happened. Now, as a moving car, I can say, yes, you were supposed to turn left on Broadway. So turn around and go back left on bro- or right on Broadway. Or since you're already here, this is what you can do to get back on the path. That is what that mentor, that person who already has the wisdom will tell you. Come to them with what you've done to apply the information. They can now steer you in the right direction. But if you're not moving, all you're doing is wasting time for them. Because if you come to them with questions, 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 and you don't implement, you've wasted their time. They talk to people who are actually Mm -hmm. moving. It's easier to get results from somebody who is moving. So implement, get the information, gather all the information possible, find ways to projects and different places to actually do it, and then seek that advice from someone who is already good at doing it, the expert, that mentor, that person who can tell you, yes, you did this right, and this is what you did wrong, this is what you should do in this next time, and you'll get to the, to the goal where you want to get to. 
Okay, so and we, I track with that because that, that makes sense. And I think a lot of our leaders, they have people who are sitting around and say, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Or they just get their Google out and they look it up and they think they know the answer. But they haven't applied it yet. They haven't started moving yet. Right. The great analogy that I heard a while back is, you know what? I looked up on Google how to swim. I can. I know everything how to swim, but I'm not staying afloat. Well, mm-hmm. get in the water and move. Right. <laughs> get in the water and start to move, and then we can figure out how you're not staying afloat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to get in the water and got get to moving. Great, great, great. What's what's the number one for you? Okay, so the number one for me is the one. It's the short one of the shortest videos I actually have. It's the difference between a worker, the business owner, and the entrepreneur. And for me, this, um, as a serial entrepreneur, it makes a big difference in the people that you gather around you and really understanding them and speaking to them in the correct manner. So my analogy that I teach this is that, let's say a single sheet of paper, okay? In a factory, the worker is going to be the one who uses the equipment, all the raw materials, puts all this stuff together to press and make these pieces of paper. The business owner is the one that put in, made the factory, provided all the equipment, the electricity, all the raw materials, the tools, everything. They put together all the systems necessary for the worker to succeed. The entrepreneur is the one who thought about the paper. Who came up with the idea? Okay. And the reason this is important is because in order to continue to be innovative, you have to talk to the right people and you have to get those ideas from the right people. So a person who is a, a worker, worker, the majority of the time that creativity part is not there. Now, what a worker can do is tell you what they need. So to learn from a worker is what they need to succeed. Okay. So, and then the same thing from a business owner, a business owner can look at the systems that are breaking down and develop and come up with ideas about systems that they need to succeed systems that they need to put in place or how to kind of streamline things. So like we were talking about um, uh, being able to send out a hundred messages a day, the business owner would go with, try to find systems that will allow that to work more efficiently and effectively. That's what you get from the business owner, efficiency and effectiveness of systems. The entrepreneur will be the one that, is reaching into the atmosphere and pulling down ideas. Maybe things that you didn't even know that you could do with a certain thing. So uh, just like with how tissue was created, they were trying to make a different thing than tissue, but because of the, a different application of it, that entrepreneur person came in as like, hey, if this can do this, then, This is how I can use it. You can use it this different ways. Most inventors, usually you'll see that they come up with hundreds of applications for just one little thing, just a soybean. Because an 
entrepreneur should be able to look at one thing and see possibilities. Yes. That's what you need entrepreneurs around you for, because entrepreneurs can see possibilities that's not even there. So they could come into your company. Let's just think of it this way. If you have a worker a consultant, if you have a worker consultant come to talk to your business, they're going to be able to see all of the things that you're doing and say, well, these guys need this. This is what they need. You need to get this going. You need to get these things. Let's say you have that business owner minded consultant. They're going to come in and say, here, these are some of the systems that you need to put into place. You can put this in the place, this in the place, this in the place, this in place. Now, if you have that entrepreneur minded consultant comes and talk to you, they're going to say, hey, you know, you guys are dumping this out. Have you ever thought about using that for this? Oh, really? Yeah, you can do that. And you, you have a whole abundance of this other thing here. Have you ever thought about using that for this other project? Oh, yeah, okay. So the importance of understanding the dealing with, to me, is the one of the most important things as a leader that you, you have. Because if you know that you have an entrepreneur that's working, you have to retask that person. Okay, okay. So I want to, um, again, stretch it a little bit and mm -hmm. deconstruct a little bit because this is how I took that lesson and decided it plays in to exactly why I wanted to speak with you and have you on the podcast. I look at that lesson and I say, okay, you know what? When I'm in a company, I'm always saying, have your one-on-one -on -one meetings. You said it yourself. You said, you know, go talk to people. One of your roles as a leader is to be an expediter, is to get things out of the way. And I so say, if you want to get things out of the way, is preventing your team from doing better, you got to go talk to them. You got to have these one-on-one -on -one meetings. So here's my, here's how I want to see if you agree with this deconstruction of it for leadership. Again, you have seven people on your team. They're doing the job. Mm -hmm. They might be able to see the simple fact that, you know, see it as an entrepreneur. They might be able to see something as the as a business process. So in other words, we've been doing a job for a while, and I have a one-on-one -on -one meeting that build up a little bit of trust. That person says, "You know, Glenn, I'm wondering. I've got this product over here, and thrown out two-thirds of it. But could we repurpose that last two-thirds for this? Just like when you and I talked uh, not so long ago, you said, "Hey, Glenn, you have so much. Couldn't you repurpose that for your LinkedIn? Repurpose that for this, for that?" Okay, that was your entrepreneurial spirit. I would never have done that had I not decided I need to talk to someone else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, granted, those things seem like common sense. And some of us think we have that common sense. But talking to you reminded me of that. As mm -hmm. a leader, talking to each one of my team members reminds me of that. I think that's how that could be deconstructed. Do you have any add-ons or changes to yeah. that? From me coming from the military, one of the places I've seen this happen in the best scenario is when we did strategic planning, which is our yearly planning. So what happens in those strategic planning meetings is they break you down into different teams, different groups. This is where group dynamics, oh, there's a lot of different things that go into this, but group dynamics comes into play. Um, and there's people who are the facilitators. Um, there's a lot of different things that go into this. But if you actually, as a leader, watch one of these meetings happen, you see all of these pieces. You'll see there would be those people who are sitting down in a meeting that just says, well, whatever you guys come up with, you know, I'm cool with. I, I'll do that. That's your workers. 
then you'll see the other people that say, hey, look, um, let's try to get all of our ideas together, put them on the board here and see which one comes out the best. We can decide on it. We can vote. Um, we'll put it all on pieces of paper or we'll all uh, write it down. Those people are trying to put in systems to accomplish a goal. That's your business-minded folks. Then you'll have those people that'll be sitting down and go, well, why are we talking about this when this is the real issue? Why don't we fix this? And then all the rest of that stuff will get fixed, right? Those mm -hmm. are your entrepreneurial-minded people because they're trying to still solve the same problem, but they're looking at it from different directions. Hey, how about we fix this first because that directly connects into this, don't you? Doesn't that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so in that group dynamic, as a leader, what you want to do is now section out these people because, it's once again, there's it's no point in talking about innovations and dynamic new ideas with the workers because the workers are going to say, yeah, cool, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Whatever you guys come up with, I just need to make sure I have what I need to, to do it. I, let me just pause right there because I want to deconstruct that statement. When you're talking to the workers – Mm -hmm. And you tell the work, the workers tell you, that's fine, whatever, I just want to make sure I can do it. Your next question might should be, and what do you need to do it? That's exactly it. And that's where that knowledge from you, knowing that person, what that person, how that person can fit best and what things you can do to empower that person. Because see, if you ask a worker to be innovative, you, that will, I'm not saying destroy them, but it's taking them out of their element. Because they like, I don't know what I, how to do this and this. I just know what I need. I need a better, a pen, you know, see this kind of slippery right here. If I got to write a million notes, I need one that I can really hold on right here. That's what mm -hmm. your worker will give to you. So you have to task the worker with things that they can do and that they like to do, which is solve their own issues. What things do you need? Here, take a, here a questionnaire, write down your top 10 problems. You take those top 10 problems and now you say, hey, Bob, who's my floor manager? Hey, Bob, these are the issues your guys are having right now. What's some things that we're doing right now to try to fix those? What can we put in place to fix that? Oh, they're saying that it's too far, you know, to walk over here to the to the lunchroom to get a cup of coffee on the coffee breaks. Um, so that's one of their big issues. They're, they're really upset about that. How about we, what could we do to fix that? Okay, let's move the coffee machine or make, put one over here. Now you've solved that right. issue. The business guy, yeah. your manager now will be able to solve that problem by knowing the needs of the worker. But on the same hand, maybe the entrepreneur will say, well, let's go get two or three coffee pots, put them on a little cart and put them there. Exactly. The entrepreneur might say, you know what, let's just, yeah, like you said, put it on a cart, just have somebody walk through with coffee instead of the people even having to leave. They could just step away from whatever they're doing for two minutes, drink their coffee, and then go back right to work. You, you, you handle now, you made it more efficient and more effective for everybody. So now the entrepreneur, he has actually driven some a system that the business person is going to say, okay, yeah, great, here's the system. Make the coffee, you put the coffee in, you put it in at 10. We'll make the system, put a trash can here so we can be back at work. And we'll save five minutes. Yep. So the entrepreneur because, with the idea that business, the, the manager is going to implement the systems and put the stuff, make the idea become now a reality. And the worker is the one that's going to do it. 
Yeah, because the worker is the one who originally told you, you know, it's less 10 extra minutes to go get coffee. There you there go. Was five extra minutes. And, you know, in the morning, it'd really be nice to have some coffee so I can really get focused and get going. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs say, hey, why don't we just buy two of these containers and put them over there? There you go. And then your business person would say, do this. So now you've created, you have trust that came out of those meetings. Yep. Okay. And you have a problem. You solve the problem. You've broken down a barrier to get things done faster. You have a system in place. And you have a team that's developed into a dream team just through the process that you've been talking about. That's it. And everybody is necessary. Everyone is necessary. There's no person in that whole chain that is not necessary. And the piece that holds it all together is the actual leader who is over all of them because they have to make sure that everybody's operating in their highest capacity. So as the leader, you have to see if a, if a person is breaking down in performance, why is that happening? Yes. And when you go into that scenario talking to them, you will really find out where their mind is in the process. And if you've given this person, you let's say you promote a worker to becoming a manager. See, the manager has to have that business mindset. So if that person is now having issues, that is one of the main causes is because they really don't operate in systems. They operate in tools. So either you're going to train the person more to operate in systems. That's why managerial training is very important because everybody don't think that way. And you just can't say, oh, you're going to be the manager when you're just, hey, you're used to pounding a hammer. So this is where, once again, as the leader, those one-on-one times with the person is times where you can you need to identify those people you need to identify what's happening what's going on and now say okay let me alleviate some of these things from you or let me show you how to deal with these things those are the two possible solutions of a problem you either take it away or you show them how to deal with it hey this has been great Went a little bit longer than what I was thinking we were going to go, but this is great. I think this is powerful information that people need to get out there. Take a moment and tell us how we can get in contact with you. Sure. Um, I'm on a few different platforms. Uh, my website is www.jonathanclement.com. Uh, you can we'll have the, all that in the show notes too, by the way. Okay, but yeah. say that again. Didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. So, www.jonathan.com. You can also email me with at john at jonathanclement.com. And um, I have a couple of different um, things on, on LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of, especially through talk. I have, when I have time, you have time. So uh, that's the best mediums to get a hold of me. For more information from there, you'll find it in those pieces, or I can sh- point you into the direction to go. But um, I'd rather talk to you than just send you to get some information. If you've just listened to everything I talked about. Yeah, um, and we'll also make sure that everybody has access to your YouTube channel as well. Um, you don't spend a um, long time with people on your YouTube channel. So if you have a few minutes, 10, 15 minutes, I think is at the most has been about 15 minutes, I believe. Is that correct? Do you have anything longer than that? I think uh, not really, because uh, for me, once again, I try to give information in short blasts because that way you can process it quicker. It's the, once again, it's done. The majority of people, if you get too much information, you don't do nothing with it. So right. give quick little snippets of 
information that can make you go, aha, let me try to do that. That's what I try to, to give out. And that's what I think it should be. And I'm kind of the opinion that that's what makes your channel unique. You have short information that something I can take action on. Okay, yeah. I can take action and move forward with that now. Even if you take a 10 minutes, 15 minutes on your lunch break to make yourself better than what you have been, there you go. Okay. There you go. So good from there. Um, I want to give you the final um, thought here. When it comes to being a great leader, what process would you suggest? What short process or short system would you suggest would be the driver? Okay, mm -hmm. if I did these one, two, three things, I could create myself as a great leader. Yep, that is an awesome question. And uh, it's one that I bring out multiple times a day. Um, it's a three-step process. Number one, duplicate. Number mm -hmm. two, emulate. Number three, originate. A lot of times when people are trying to do something, they always start with origination. The problem with origination is that it's not tested. It's not proven. So it could cause you to fail and stumble a lot. The easiest thing to do, especially when you're doing something new or even something that you've been doing forever, find somebody who's already doing it. Duplicate their success. Then after you've duplicated their success, you should be able to glean the reasoning and the methodology behind their process. That's when you start to emulate. You change it a little bit to make it a little bit more your own, but it's still within the same framework of that original copy. Then you can originate because now you have the not only the information, but you have the reasoning behind it. Now you could come up with original solutions to handle the same problems. Okay, love that. And so you can originate once you have the wisdom. Yes. Okay. Love that. Love that. Well, it's been a bigger pleasure than I thought it was going to be. I knew we were going to have a good conversation. I thought we could keep it down to 30 minutes, but you know what? I need to have you back because there's still more we need to cover. So I hope you accept again sometime really soon. Um, you know, for those of you who haven't heard of you, now they know you and now they probably want more of you. So we'll put all that information in the show notes for you. So everybody can get connected with you. I want to thank you very much for your time, effort, and energy doing this. I know that you have plenty of stuff to do, but I appreciate you doing it. No problem. Always love to teach. As I said, that's what I love to do is to teach and uh, give anybody any help and that, that can help them to get, take that next step. Fantastic. All right. Thanks again. All right.